Well, welcome once again to the Conversations That Matter podcast, everyone. It's good to be with you. It's good to have you with me on this Giving Tuesday. This is uh, kind of a new tradition. I don't think I grew up with this. I don't remember. I mean, we have a special guest, Judd. Judd, do you remember Giving Tuesday when it started? It, was, it wasn't that long ago. Oh, it might have been, I don't know, within the last 10 years, but yeah. I definitely didn't grow up with it. It's a good thing, though. I, I appreciate it uh, with all the commercialism and uh, the Cyber Monday and everything else going on. It's good to have a reminder that there are people in need out there and there's Christians actually in need across uh, the whole globe. And we don't often we don't think about it if it's not right in front of us. We, we have a political situation here in the United States. I know I get wrapped up in that sometimes, but there are things going on around the world. And um, one of them, Judd, uh, you're going to share with us. So let me just introduce you. You probably don't need an introduction, but Judd Saul is the director of Enemies Within the Church uh, and, and producer as well. He is a uh, filmmaker, has a number of other films, um, but he, ha- uh, the Lord put it on his heart. <laughs> Should I use that language? Is that okay? You, you had a, a conviction from the Holy Spirit, I think, as you would describe it, to um, go and help these orphans and just Christians who are in Nigeria, who are being persecuted by Muslim terrorists. And uh, it's a very sad situation. So uh, you started equipping the persecuted and you're going to share with us about your trip to Nigeria, a little bit about the ministry and how people can give to helping uh, these orphans. So uh, Judd, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me and being willing to discuss this. Oh, it's always a pleasure to see you, John. I appreciate you having me on. Um, it has been, it has been a very interesting trip uh, that we just got back from in Nigeria. We had to cut it short, uh, a little bit early due to terror threats, uh, that were going on in the area. And this happened to be the first trip that, uh, brought my wife to Nigeria with me. (laughs) And, um, believe it or not, she still wants to go back, uh, after, after going through all that. But, um, the, the big reason uh, I uh, had her come along was, uh, we have just opened our orphanage. And it, it was it was a dream one year ago, and I didn't have the resources to do it, but it was kind of like, you know, you feel the calling, we should build an orphanage. And I was like, God, this is in your hands. <laughs> it's, it's in your hands. I don't have the resources to do this. It's up, you know, it's up to you to do it. And then slowly but surely, people who I don't even know, never met before, came to the table with funds to build the orphanage. And in one year, we completed it. Wow. Yeah, I remember, I think it was last year you were, we were talking about this, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was about a year ago and the uh, dream of doing this. And now it's a completed process, which is awesome. And I know you're going to show us some pictures of that, but uh, you have a good wife, Judd, that she's willing to go with you to areas yes. that have terrorist threats and she's willing to go back. I mean, that's kind of a rare woman that would uh, do that. So uh, uh, you married the right person for the line of work you're in now. It's a, it, it's a, it's a given grace from God <laughs> and, uh, yeah. uh, and, and it, it's a, it's a blessing to have, uh, have a wife willing to do this. And, um, but she finally got to see things firsthand and, and, and meet the people that we've been working with. And, um, one of the biggest impacts that came from the trip from her and, and, and what's going to keep her going back was, uh, she got to meet with several of the widows that we support on a monthly basis and got to hear their stories and, um really really touched her heart uh impacted her and um heard the stories about these i mean these widows are widows of uh, whose husbands were pastors that were murdered yeah they were murdered because they were pastors oh man and it's nothing like what we experience here i mean we think it's just incredible it's a different paradigm different world 
completely different paradigm but the the interesting thing is is that they are they are women their mothers they have the same prayer requests we have uh just on a different scale obviously because they're suffering extreme poverty uh on top of what they're doing but they want their kids to stay in the faith they uh they you know they want to see their kids prosper um you know they have normal concerns that regular mothers would have but uh it but to to know on the kind of scale that of the poverty and the other issues that they're dealing with is just very humbling but uh they're they're just like us they're just like us you know we we might have more um more conveniences and more things but they're humans just like us they have the same needs and the same wants for their families yeah i'm glad to hear you say that oftentimes i think uh growing up especially when we would have missionaries speak or uh, people would go on short-term missions, come back. There tends to be, and that's not in every case, but there tends to be uh, conjured up in, in Christians this sort of, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Judd, but a, kind of an anti-Americanism or just uh, the Christians in the United States were so spoiled. We don't really understand what's going on over there. And um, and that's probably there's probably some truth to this where we're just not uh, being threatened every day with uh, our livelihoods. Of course, that is changing, perhaps, but uh, not to the extent of people in Nigeria. And, um, you know, I- I'd love to hear you talk about that a little bit uh, with just I mean, it's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same Bible. It's the same Jesus Christ, whether you're in the United States or in Nigeria. Yet the challenges, it's a different set of challenges. Can you just talk to me about that? What are the set of challenges you see for Christians in the United States versus when you got off that plane for the first time in Nigeria and and, and saw the challenges they experienced? How are they the same? How are they different? And how does God's grace then manifest? Uh, or what kind of, of gifts of grace does he give to the people in Nigeria? Maybe we're not, we don't need as much here or, or we don't um, experience as much. Well, I, I think with with the U.S., I mean, it, it and, and with Nigeria, so we take the United States, for example, this is how we grew up. We grew up around our culture. We grew up around the way things are, if you will. You know what I mean? We, we have running water. We have air conditioning. We grew up in a house with a two-car garage, you know, typically. You know, you know I'm just saying in general, and we, we grew up with the American culture. Well, in Nigeria, they grew up in Nigerian culture. And, you know, suffering extreme poverty, trying to make ends meet every day, but it is their regular way of life out there, just like we have our regular way of life here. But what do we have? The same problems. We have sin. We all have a sin problem. We have a sin problem in the U.S. They have a sin problem in Nigeria. It just manifests itself in, in different ways. And the, the thing is, is when, when, you go to, when you go to church in Nigeria and you're with fellow Christians, you don't feel like an outsider. You know what I mean, you're, you're just, you're, you're, you're one with the body of Christ mm. and you're just talking to a fellow, another Christian brother, like you would here in the United States. It's just, they, you know, they are suffering things on a massive scale that we aren't suffering here. And, um, when you get together with a fellow Christian brother, it's, it, it's, it's God's grace. We're all on the same page and we're all just working together for the Lord. And they have the same, and they have the same heart of reaching the lost. They have the same heart of reaching the lost, still reaching the lost. They have the same heart of reaching even the people that are that are killing them. Is that a difference in our country? I know there's a um, perhaps a resentment that I, I would say 
I mean, I, I fight to some extent, uh, seeing that the battle is not against flesh and blood. Ultimately it's against angels, principalities, powers. And you see these, um, these politicians who are just as crooked as it, it can be. And they mm-hmm. hate Christianity. They hate the God of the Bible. They want to do sin. Right. And it's, um, there's a righteous indignation we should have, but there's, I mean, it, it can go, I think, uh, very easily into the territory of resentment and, you know, how dare they take away the country that, that I grew up in. Uh, you know, I, I, I hate them. Right. And, and there's, and there's a line here. There's obviously a righteous indignation versus, uh, uh be angry and do not sin versus a, a, a seething anger that we should not have. But in Nigeria, they quite literally are being blown up by Muslims, bullets while they have a worship service going on orphans widows um it's it's a i mean talk about uh persecution and opposition to the church and yet what's their attitude is it what do you see there is it that that resentment that um can often build up i think easily in christians in the united states or or is it different there's um there in in the true believer okay there's not uh well, they're they're fighting for their land and they're protecting their families. Okay, so you do have to stand up against evil, and right. and they're they're well aware they have to stand up against evil. But if they had the opportunity as Christians to share the gospel and 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 forgive, you know, and, you know, and if somebody was repentant and you know, and to forgive and all that, uh, they're willing to do that. And I've seen it happen many times. And we've seen Muslims, even former bandits and terrorists, come to Christ. Wow, you know through through the process. But at the same time, they the uh, the terrorists and these guys are lawless, and there needs to be protection for the innocent. You know, against them. So I mean, it, it it's a it's it's hard to understand, but there's a difference between the two, mm-hmm. and. Um, but to have a hatred, blind hatred, just for a group of people, you uh, some of them have fallen into that. But but the true Christians are trying to tell, or, and and they're trying to, um, uh, like the pastors are trying to get to people to say, don't have blind hatred for a group of people. Mm-hmm. You know, be cautious, protect your families, protect your land. You know, do what you need to do. But if you come across a stranger, you come across that person, we still have to do our Christian duty and share the gospel and show the love of Christ to them. Yeah, and, and, as, and there's two needs you're talking about here. You're talking about yes. the physical needs. You're talking about then spiritual or or, or um, uh, the, the need to share the gospel. And, and you're working on both fronts, right? Yes, yes. So, I mean, you know, part of our ministry is we do help uh, village security teams with bulletproof vests, uh, village alarm systems, security training. Uh, on our last trip, we had a gentleman come down that uh, taught. Um, we had several village security leaders from different areas. I mean, the hard hit areas that are seeing a lot of conflict. And we taught them how to address bullet wounds, machete wounds, how to respond to these attacks and how to save lives when these happen. And and we gave them all um, military grade medical kits and taught them how to use everything inside. Awesome. As as a pra you know as a practical thing because this is something they deal with all the time, and we're saying okay well now we're giving you equipment and the tools to help save lives, and war and with the village alarm systems warn people in case of an attack so we can help save lives, and um, and just by showing them and doing those things I, they, we had guys in tears, we had people in tears that we were able to provide 
this type of training and this type of equipment to them. And they just can't believe somebody from the U.S. would care enough for them, especially these village security teams are not funded by the government. These are, these are volunteer village security teams that volunteer their time, and they're the first line of defense for their villages. They don't get paid. Wow. They, they don't get any stipends. Whatever they do have, they have to scrounge together themselves. So someone comes in a foreign, you know, foreign mission from the U.S. and says, hey, you know, here's, here's some stuff to help you guys out. It goes a long way. But not only goes a long way with practical needs, but from a spiritual standpoint. When we, give a, when we train them and we give away these things, we say, this is because of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's not me. It's not Judd. It's not equipment persecuted. This is because of Jesus Christ is why we're here. God loves you. God cares about you. And by the way, how's your spiritual walk? Are you going to church? And we have the gospel conversations with them. But we're helping out on very practical need, and they think the world has forgotten about them uh, because when news of attacks and what happens hits the mainstream media or even alternative media, the facts aren't always there and everything's underreported. And they boil it down to village conflicts versus it's Muslims killing Christians. It only goes in one direction, is that? It only goes in one direction. So, uh, you know, one of the things I I hear a lot in the United States is uh, that if we had persecution, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing for the church because it purifies the church. And then we get all those hypocrites out of the church. And finally, the church can can, can be functional (laughs) again. And um, it struck me, it strikes me when I hear this, one of the things is that in the New Testament, there was persecution. And yet they also had heresies coming in. And... Lukewarmness and and the same challenges we have today, um, maybe they manifest themselves differently in different forms, but they're there. And so I'm kind of curious in the United States right now, as we are starting to see some opposition publicly to Christian ethics, we have uh, at the very same time, LGBT um, soft peddling, we have critical race theory, we have... um, Right you know, all kinds of uh, of soft peddlings of various sins that are popular coming into the church and and, and it, people shrugging and saying it's not really that big of a deal that we're alliancing with uh, the totalitarians in government. And and you've done a whole documentary, you've done enemies within the church. I'm curious in Nigeria, what are their challenges? Is it animism? Is it do they have heresies coming in? What, what, what's going oh. on there? Well, there's there's crazy heresies, and one of the biggest heresies that has taken a stronghold in Nigeria is the prosperity, hyper word of faith, insanity among poverty, impoverished people. Among impoverished people. Wow. And um, it's it, I mean it, it is it is really nuts how that's taken on, uh, and that is something that we're trying to correct their doctrine, and we're we're actually reaching out to these guys and correcting their doctrine and we've been able to we've been able to change a few of them and kind of get them on the wake-up call and showing them that this stuff is heresy this is bad and they're they, and they listen to us so if we see some of the pastors within our network go off track we're like hey um this is wrong and this is why you know you, so, you want to you want to so, stay so away from this stuff i mean creflo dollar isn't over there giving them bulletproof vests right i mean they're they're no, where are they getting no. this stuff um, they, they came in, you know, uh, one of the first times I went to Nigeria, I saw these posters everywhere of Benny Hinn. Everywhere. Really? In yeah, Nigeria? Giant posters of Benny Hinn were everywhere. And, uh, I asked one of our Nigeria guys, I said, was Benny Hinn here? 
And he's like, yeah, Benny Hinn was here and over like a million people came to see Benny Hinn and Benny Hinn. And then they, so when Benny Hinn was there, they had giant trash bags on sticks and people were putting money in these trash bags on giant sticks. And Benny Hinn walked away with over a million dollars in That's Nigerian disgusting. money. That's just disgusting. From, from the, from the impoverished. Yeah. Now he, he doesn't come there and build anything for the Nigerians. He's not, he's not helping persecuted Christians and prosperity guys do come to Nigeria. Prosperity U S guys come to Nigeria to get in a, in a, in a lot. And in, in some of them have giant churches in Nigeria, giant churches, but they are not doing anything to help the persecuted or really anything to help the impoverished. It is, it is awful and it is sick, but this is something that we're trying to correct. Well, here's another question you probably get, Judd. Uh, are there other organizations? Uh, and and I'll, I'll name them. I don't care. You know, Voice of the Martyrs or, uh, you know, like uh, World Vision or any of these orgs. Are they over there helping? And, and like, you know, what are you doing starting a new organization? They, we already have organizations doing this. Are you reinventing the wheel? Um, I'll be very careful in saying it this way, but I'll, 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 I'll say this. Um, very little very, very little is being done by these organizations. What I have seen is, and witnesses, and I've looked into this, is they will come in, they'll take a bunch of pictures, shoot a video, give the person that they say they're helping $200 and leave. And that's it. But hmm. then they come and they fundraise and do a huge uh, you know, promotion campaign saying that they helped this one person, but they only gave them $200, but they might be raising a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars off that campaign. Oh my goodness. Really? Yes. Yes. So they say they're helping, but they're only helping by, you know, Oh, here's $200. So what makes you guys different? What do you, I mean, you, you talked about some of the needs you're meeting. You talked about this orphanage. You're going over there. What twice a year? Three times a year now. Three times a year. Okay. And so you got eyeballs on the ground. You got yeah. guys um, who are, they're not Americans living over there. They're actual Nigerians that will call you. I mean, I've been in the car when I've heard them call you. Yeah. So yeah. we, we have a, we have a staff of Nigerians of over 40 people on our staff. Uh, now we're running the orphanage. Um, we have a staff that uh, coordinates and is our medical response team. So when there's an attack, we get funds and we get uh, food, medicine, whatever. We assess the situation and we send a team out to go help. These are people who've just been attacked. Right. And then yeah. on a regular basis, we go to the internal, it's called IDP camp, internally displaced persons, which are essentially refugees in their own country. That means they're, they can't go back to the land. The Muslims have taken it over. They've squatted on it. If they try to go back, they get killed. So you have massive camps of, you know, 500 people here, 1,000 people here, some are even 10,000 people. But we regularly, not just one off once a year, we go in every couple of months to do medical interventions. We give them medicine, we do checkups, we find the, we, we assess the most needy out of the bunch and we try to help them how we can. And then in certain cases, we pay for emergency surgeries of wow. these people. And and I want to get some, tell something to your audience is that, so people send me news articles, Hey, such and such happened in Nigeria. Uh, you know, these massive group of girls were kidnapped 200 years ago or not 200. I mean, hundred <laughs> girls were kidnapped right. two, two years ago. Where are they now? You know, what's happening. And they, and these are organizations that are fundraising off of tragedy, but this is one tragedy you're looking at. 
Now, every day, there's kidnappings, there's killings. Every day, you might hear one out of 30 incidents that happen. We're responding not only to that one incident that might get popular, but we're trying to respond to the other 30 that's not in the news. Ah, right. You know what I'm saying? So we get word on the ground as it happens of what's going on, and we're trying to respond. And it might not get the headlines here in the U.S., but we're working every day. And we're working in a location that we're able to, that's, we're effectively able to operate in. We can't get to the whole part of the country. There's some parts we just can't, our team cannot go, otherwise we'll get killed. Gotcha. But we do send people into very dangerous areas to deliver aid and help people out where we can. Well, why don't you show us some of the pictures? I know you were just there and okay. you have some pictures and videos of the orphanage. Um, so people get an idea of what we're talking about here. They can see. Can you see that? Yes. Okay, so this is a camp outside of uh, McCurdy, Nigeria. This is in the state of Benway. Um, we've been working with uh, another, uh, there's another local uh, group of local missionaries from America that actually live there. It's about five hours from where our orphanage is. Um, but what you're seeing here is an IDP camp. They are living in makeshift tents made of garbage bags and used food bags. Wow. Yeah, that is quite uh, sobering. This village, this whole area, this is just a small shop, but this area has 12,000 people in it. Wow. Their land, their livelihoods, their farms, everything they had was taken over, and several, several of their villagers were murdered and killed. And uh, we go here four times a year to do medical interventions, and we're also working on trying to get them new, uh, better in newer tents. It's, it's one of the things we've been fundraising for, is trying to get these guys some tents that actually work, and they're not made out of this. Yeah. The, um, and then our orphanage uh, opened. We have seven kids right now, and I'll show you pictures of that in a minute, but... Um, there are 50 kids on the waiting list to get into our orphanage from this camp. And uh, so we're assessing them. We're getting all the paperwork in order and slowly but surely over the next several months, we're going to be integrating those 50 kids into our orphanage. Gotcha. Um, you know, go to a, does the government, Nigerian government, do they inspect your orphanage? Do they have to have a a record of who's there? Yeah, okay. yeah, we have we have to go through inspection. We had to register with the Nigerian government, um, uh, and uh, I'll show you pictures of our orphanage. They were, in fact, they had the inspection a couple of weeks ago. They were very impressed and very proud to have something in their community uh, like our orphanage. Um, let me go to another picture here if I can. Can you see that? Yes. Yep. So this is uh, some of the people that we've uh, helped at that camp. And then um, I'll show you, here's, here's our team getting out medicine and drugs to help out the people uh, at that intervention. Yeah. So our Nigerian NGO officially is called Equipping the Needy Initiative. They did not like the name Equipping the Persecuted in Nigeria because it's controversial. Uh, so they, they gave us the name essentially Equipping the Needy Initiative instead of Equipping the Persecuted. So they don't, is it that they have a split government and don't want to acknowledge the fact that there's persecution going on. Correct. So okay. you, so right now the, the, uh, the president of Nigeria is a Muslim. 
the um, but you have different states within Nigeria that are Christian, and then you have some that are Muslim dominant. So it is it is a split country at uh, at the moment. It's about fifty fifty. Wouldn't it? Okay, now this is my ignorant American self marching into a conversation that I'm not uh, probably ready for. But I mean, have there been efforts to maybe split the country up? Or I mean, I don't know if the Christians are mostly in one area and they can um, self govern and. If if uh, if things aren't dealt with and taken care of, uh, it my my guess is it'll probably end up being that way. Okay, but probably with a war, I would assume. And or, with, or with, yeah, there there if things aren't dealt with within the next five years, there probably will be a civil war. Wow. Okay. Um. That's that's just my take on it. So over here, I want to show you uh, this picture. So is that showing right now? Do you see a picture of an orphanage yet? I don't see a picture of an orphanage. I see uh, some okay. people I'll, um, uh, all right, giving okay. out supplies. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay. So this is our compound. This is built in just over a year. And uh, what you are looking at, John, is just shy of $300,000. Wow. So you've raised all this. Yes. And you've built this. Wow. Yeah, we we raised three hundred thousand dollars towards the construction of these efforts uh, over the What's last. What's it built year. out of? What is that? Is that like it looks like it's, mud huts it's, kind of? Or... No, no, no. Uh, this is all concrete. It's, it's all, all concrete. It's all concrete. And yeah. It, well, it, it. I. I suppose it's. Um. I, I don't know what the climate is there, but I suppose you don't have to. Do, like this, if you were going to do this in a rainy part of the U.S. or a humid area, is it? A cold area it's not the same in nigeria no it's not the same in nigeria so you can get away with um putting a concrete structure together with because the roofing the roof's even on that um i can't see the picture oh on the top but i'll, I'll i'm gonna i'm gonna show you a uh so i'm gonna show you a, a speed up tour <laughs> of uh uh of the orphanage and i'll cycle through it hold on here get get it shared here oh that's inside the orphanage this is inside the orphanage. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. So it's kind of a sped up video. So this is our main entryway into the orphanage. Now over here is where uh, the kids stay. These are the rooms. Oh, those are really, those are, that's nice. That's actually a lot nicer than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, we get that from a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel insulted? No, I mean, you have like nice curtains and, you, you know, fans in, in the rooms and nice bunk beds that look like you could have gotten them from a you know like a furniture company in the u.s or something yeah so yeah. this so you have to understand the, the kids that are coming into the orphanage are coming from the they're coming from the camps that were in tent you know the living in tent city sleeping on dirt yeah and this is now, disneyland now they have beds running water and they're being fed every day and they're also getting a quality biblical education. So they go to uh, a chapel every day and. Yep. They go to chapel every day. They go to school every day and we're teaching them, uh, you know, many different skills. Hold on a second. Here. Those are nice doors. The paneling on the, or the uh, etching on those doors is really so that, that, yeah, that's a, a, a great, I mean, for $300,000 in the United States to build something like this, I would think, uh, cost you a lot more like a lot a lot lot more than uh, what you guys paid so i mean yeah. is it pretty the exchange rate's pretty in in favor of you guys uh, as americans i would guess and 
I mean, did you have you didn't have to bring American builders or anything over there? They have all the um, knowledge and the equipment there. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, yeah, they have the knowledge, they have the equipment, and we were able to pay and hire Nigerians to work on the effort, and it made a world of a difference to them. We're, we're giving them jobs. To See, here's, I guess, this is structures. Yeah. Why I sound like probably an ignorant American over here. Um, because you just show me this picture of tents, like a tent city. And it's it, it maybe someone could say this about the United States. You could just show a picture of Watts or something uh, or, or um, you know, downtown Los Angeles. And you could see all these tents. And then, you know, for three hundred thousand dollars, you're able to build this magnificent facility. And you just I guess the, the curiosity in me is, OK, why don't they just do it? Why don't they? Why do there's no effort? from the the people there who live in the city to get their money together and do something like this? Or like, what's the, why does it take you as an American going over to, there to do that? Just out of curiosity. And I know this is a completely ignorant question, but. You, you have to look, you have to look at the poverty of the area itself. Okay. So the poverty of Nigeria, it's 90% poverty rate. And when I mean poverty rate, that's not U.S. poverty rate. Our U.S. poverty rate is you know less than $20,000 a year. They call that poverty here in the U.S. In Nigeria, it's $1,000 a year. Wow. For the average Nigerian. It's what right around $100 a month is what the average Nigerian makes as an income. So, so put, put that into comparison. You know, it's it's uh let's see a thousand dollars yeah that would be 300 people's yearly wage to put together what we put together in nigeria for three hundred thousand. it's just you know they'll so they give to benny hin though <laughs> look i don't know i just i gotta go there it's, i gotta see what's going on it's uh yeah it's well and we need to bring you out we, we'd love to have you come out and and show you the dynamic but it's um a lot of it is is because they have nothing they have poverty and they're they have a dream of you know if they put x money in they're going to get rich back yeah and Man. and that's you know and that's all they that's all they have i mean it's it's a message of hope if you seed money you're going to get all this money back and they they fall for it and these charlatans are robbing the robbing the poor yeah so so the contractors exist they, they can come out. They can do this work. You guys can build more orphanages if you want it out there. Same quality. You just need resources. We just need um, resources. What and, are the, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go. So the thing is, we have um, we have plans. Uh, our next phase now the orphanage is built is to build a, uh, there's land adjacent to where the orphanage is. We want to buy that land and have a sustainable food growing operation. Farm. Oh. We want to do chicken farming. We want to uh, grow crops and be able to self-sustain the orphanage for the food costs and all that, because that's one of our heaviest costs is, you know, feeding lots of kids every day. But we want to be able to have a sustaining operation to do that, but then also take that product, put it on the market, and then generate income for Nigerians, employ a bunch of them, but also have that help, help self-sustain our efforts in Nigeria. And we want to be able to duplicate that in different areas. Uh, if, you know, God so provides the resources to do so it's, uh, but. Well, you have a $15,000 matching, uh, grant for, mm -hmm. so if, if anyone gives to equipping the persecuted, go to equipping the persecuted.com, they can, um, 
if they give two dollars, you know, two dollars will be matched. So that's four and two dollars will be four thousand. So um, so so I'd encourage people go to equipping the persecuted dot com. And and this money that people are giving, I mean, I've had people ask me about not just your ministry, but other ministries. If I support them, John, are you sure that this money is actually getting to where that needs to go? And I think you just provided evidence that here's the orphanage. Um, but, uh, I mean, what other things can you say to assure people that this money's actually going to the people there and the workers who are participating in it? We try very hard to stick to the 90-10 model where 90% of all our funds go, I mean, actually go to Nigerians. It's, yeah. it's not going into pockets. It's, it's going towards, uh, you know, supporting widows or orphanage, medical interventions, um, any if the need comes up we try to meet it if we have the resources we try to meet those needs and we document everything we do we document everything we do when we do it that's one of the differences between our organization and a lot of others is within a week we're showing you updates of what we've just done yeah and i get the email list people can sign up if they go to the website yeah. right and they can well, see yeah yeah we're, we're we're showing we're showing the pictures we, we you know we have testimony and if you want to see for yourself what we're doing in Nigeria and you have a calling and a, and a grace to endure Nigeria, let me know. We're an open book. We'd love to, I'd love to have you come see it for yourself. What could you use? So if you, you could, I'm sure you, people who have nursing experience, I mean, what kinds yes. of skills, security? So, if, so in that orphanage picture you saw, so we have the orphanage there, but then we are, uh, part of that is a medical clinic where we are working on treating um, we're going to be bringing in people, treating them for free. So if nurses or doctors want to come in, do surgeries, help train other staff on medical things, um, we're working on a medical clinic where we treat for free. I've run into other missions organizations that have hospitals, but they charge for their services. Mm. <laughs> for these folks, we don't charge for anything. Um, this is, these are funds donated to us. We're not charging people in Nigeria to get medical treatment. So, awesome. um, and so that's the thing we're doing. So nurses, medical staff, um, uh, people want to come down, help train village security teams. We're open to those as well. And, uh, you know, people have a heart for the gospel. Want to go out and train people on, you know, teaching the gospel. This is another thing we're doing is training people how to share the gospel yeah. properly and give them tools necessary to do so. Um, but yeah, if there's a need, we try to meet it. And if it's a calling that somebody has, we welcome them to come out and check out what we're doing. But we're an open book. You can, uh, every week we're showing you what we're doing and we document it and, and show it out there because we don't want to be one of those organizations that fundraises off the same thing that they've been doing for, you know, four years, the same water well they drilled four years ago. We're, yeah. You know, we're drilling water wells all the time and trying to help people out where we can. Well, you can pray, you can give, uh, yep, you can sign up for the email list, mm-hmm. enemieswithinthechurch.com. Sorry. <laughs> not en- not enemies within the church, equippingthepersecuted.org. Yeah, well, I only, I had it on my mind because I was going to transition here. And uh, so equippingthepersecuted.org, yes. um, but en- enemies within the church. So um, I think I, I probably said that earlier too, my mistake. Uh, how's that going? Because I know you, you put the DVD out there what, over a year ago, and, and of Correct. course, this is about the problems in the United States church with social justice, but uh, is it still selling? Are people receptive? You have testimonials? Yes, uh, every day. Every day, people are buying the DVD and ordering the DVD every day. Um, we've sold over 60,000 units. 
60,000 DVDs we sold. We have um, people still watch, paying to watch it online every day. So it was out a year ago, but the, st but the movie is still gaining steam. And we still get messages every day, every week of people saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for telling us what's going on. We got letters from churches that have stopped woke pastors from taking over. We have churches that have put bylaws and the right things in place that have stopped woke pastors from getting into their churches. And uh, it, has, it, it has been a tool that's helped so many people. That's great. So um, it's still uh, working. It's still doing what you intended it to do. How many people do you think have seen this? this documentary on a small estimation uh over five hundred thousand. really okay easy easy yeah without really major media you know i, I thought there were probably going to be hit jobs on it for, but there really hasn't been a lot of uh um uh, you, you haven't been able to capitalize on that but maybe that's a good thing it's spread organically word of mouth people are sharing it with their friends and uh it's it's it, it's it's like um well, even what you're talking about in Nigeria, it's the unseen. It's the it's not right. covered, but it's happening. So. It's not covered. It's happening. But I'll, I'll tell you what, I think they quit trying to do hit jobs on us when Greenway from Southwestern um, tried uh, telling Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary not to show our film. And then that controversy made Newsweek. Um, when that happened, I think they quit fighting it because they didn't they finally realized that we're people who fight back. And yeah, we know how yeah. and we and we know how to play that game and we're not going to be pushed around. And um so I think that's why they're not fight that's why they're not trying to attack us is because um they can't cancel us. We're not going to come out and and uh apologize and again from the very onset the thing that makes us unique with our movie is we don't care about the conferences. We don't care about getting invited to the next party, the next uh you know, muckety muck summit. You don't have time. You're going to Nigeria three times a year. Leaders and pastors. That's, no, we're, we're, we're out there doing the real work. We're out there, you know, doing the real work, witnessing the people and helping persecuted Christians and uh, and trying to take care of those in need. So, yeah. Well, good. So I, I wanted to plug that as well, let people know. But uh, so if they want more information, enemieswithinthechurch.com and of course, equippingthepersecuted.org if you want to uh, give to uh, Judd's efforts in Nigeria and the whole team, 40 people uh, on the ground there. Um, so I'd encourage you giving Tuesday. I mean, a lot of you are, uh, have been assessing what organizations should I give to? And, um, there's a, a lot of Christian organizations out there, but I'll tell you what, a lot of them have gone woke. Uh, they've, uh, in fact, enemies within the church has done some work on this. You can go to their woke, uh, what, what is it? Their Wikipedia or do you have a, I know, a go to enemy, go to enemies within the church.com slash Wikipedia. Yeah. Okay. And uh, by the way, news on the on the, on that front is the website's being completely redone. It'll be ready to go next week. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So all the articles, everything we have is going to be completely integrated in with our regular site. And uh, we've actually been on the radio, um, done about nineteen radio shows so far. Wow. And we're, and we're on like twenty radio stations uh, with the Wikipedia. Uh, it's called Wikipedia Radio. And so it's reaching more people and they're paying attention to what Good. we're doing. So. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so, you know, a lot of these organizations, World Vision being one, I mean, they, they've gone down a road that you probably don't want to give your money to. And nope. so if you want to help people in need, Christians in need across the world, I just encourage you, this is one of the organizations that I would say uh, you should uh, consider maybe getting behind. So, um, Judd, with that, thank you so much for sharing your time and uh, for doing what you're doing. And 
you know, we'll, we'll continue to pray for you and, um, you know, Lord willing, uh, you, you'll get a boost uh, this year to help build more orphanages. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. God bless you and your ministry. All right. Bye now. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.